This is an after school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matutuk, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back to Home Studio Hangout. Today we got a good buddy of mine, amazing drummer, amazing producer, amazing mix engineer, Shane Nelson, on the couch with us today. <laughs> on the couch. On the couch. Dude, we're this is inaugural first in-person like podcast. Yeah, so it's probably my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you texted me and was like, hey man, you want to be on the podcast? And I was like... Yeah, I don't zoom though. So <laughs> we gotta, uh, I gotta, uh, I gotta we, come to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we uh, figure this out? I was like, yeah, dude, it's all good. We got way too many cameras in this building. <laughs> I, we have like a straight up freaking broadcast looking camera thing on me, and I'm yeah. like, man, I feel like I should have a makeup crew. Dude, and right? Like, I should have really gotten ready for this instead of just rolling out of bed <laughs> yeah. in the pants. Ten a.m. On Ten a.m. Just here. yo. Yo, what up, y'all? I didn't even tie my shoes. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> but uh, for the audience, Shane has been doing some really great work. Uh, bands like Paris Bridge, uh, artists like Israel Houghton, Kylie Odetta. Yeah. Um, uh, Isaiah Haran, just, we just hit a million and a half streams. Heck yeah, dude. On a song. Congrats. And his EP has been mastered and ready to come out. That's awesome. Um, yeah, dude, it's been a wild ride. Dude, yeah. And especially... I. For you, it's really been like the last year or so. Really, like the last six to eight months. Really, but the last year. I, the last year, I, you can see it's like I, I. The last year was like when you started really working with Paris Bridge, and then like from there, and like a couple other artists. I think that's you did some stuff for Kylie, but I think that's when you started tracking. I've been her. playing drums with Kylie for yeah six years. Yeah, and. Um, no one go listen to this. Don't listen to Paris Bridge's older stuff, but I've been working with Paris Bridge since they started. So okay. like we used to do it literally in my house, in my bedroom. Nice. And those things sound, te- ghost stories sounds terrible. <laughs> and I'm so, I tell them every time they come to the studio, cause their new stuff, I, I feel like sounds yeah, really, really it good. Really, it is really good. Um, but they've also like, shifted their sound a lot since then yeah. too. So it helps whenever, I think they, sure. they definitely shifted their sound to, Something that makes a lot more sense to you. Yeah, they embrace their like big heavy drums, like big thrashing guitars. Their indiness. I live in that. Yeah. I live in that world. So, but yeah, I, I apologize to them. Literally, they were at the studio <laughs> a couple weeks ago doing a new song, and I I apologize to them every time. I'm like, yo, I'm yeah. so sorry for how ghost stories and <laughs> really the whole I'm doing fine and all those. They sound like trash. The first EP, it sounds okay. It's got charm, which is the only thing that saves it for me. Yeah. Like it's got this and, like, and those songs are really good. Yeah, the songs are great. They, they did a good job writing. The new ones are much better. So don't <laughs> listen to anything past the newest EP. But um, yeah, dude, their their stuff is. We've really been able to just like experiment with stuff and have a, sure. have a good time. I've we've. It's almost like we've just found their sound together. For sure. So, awesome. and then like bringing people on, like, yeah, you've been doing some stuff with them, mm-hmm. um, like with me, which is really cool, um, which I really enjoy because I mean, I love programming, but, but not really your thing, dude. Not m- programming like full on heavy songs. It's not my, yeah, not my vibe, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the works. Um, we're actually working on some stuff with Kylie. That's cool. Revamping live shows, okay, um, for like a post COVID world. 
and I'm not sure, I'm not positive, but I think our first um, show will be like Fall for Greenville or something. Okay. So we're really trying to like swing for the fences. Mm -hmm. We've never worked with Ableton Live, like Ableton Live Live. I got you. Um, We've. Which I'm I'm great with yeah. Ableton, like, but we've never just utilized it for tracks. Yeah, um, it's always just been like me and Kylie and Tim, and that's it. And we just yeah, kind of go out yeah, there and play, yeah. and whatever tempo I'm feeling at that moment is what we play it at. Yeah, but, I'm building out. I'm helping Chris build out the Ghost Inside set because they're switching over to Ableton. Yeah, and uh, I'm helping heirloom i'm basically like every band that i'm working with right yeah, now is see, like you got to get like me where you're just like all right here's your stems <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, boom, yeah, yeah i'm not doing anything else yeah i'm, I'm like helping them set up all of that <laughs> well they're but they're going for like pat it's metal is a little different than like pop music yeah. in this sense it's like they're going for like patch changes via midi they're going for like oh light they're going like switching full like on, very they're going like periphery with it yeah yeah very because they don't want to touch anything yeah they want to like go there and strum your guitar they want to play it. and they want to interact with the crowd yep because it's all about that crowd interaction that's cool live so I, I remember first hearing about that i was watching this video of like misha mansoor doing um like a walkthrough of what they do live and mm-hmm. like they're running Axe effects and like, yeah, the there's whole, a pro like, tool. There's, they're running pro tools and it's like a rig off stage and they literally like one of them hits a space bar and they walk out and play the entire show. There's no pedal boards on stage. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's nothing. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is cool. But Kylie's thing was like, if you see her live and you, you like listen to her music it's a huge it's very disconnect. Different. Yeah, it's very different. So, like, she's like, if you listen to her stuff, you're like, oh, this girl's a pop artist. Like, yeah, huge pop songs. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear her live, and it's like a drummer. And when I play with her, it, it it's feels like more like a blues. It feels hats. more like a blues. Kind yeah, of like a jazzy thing. something. Yeah. Tim's playing bass, and then Kylie is like on keys and on keys, singing. but like half of the time, like yeah. So she was like, I really want to get it to where we can kind of mesh the. I don't want to, she's like, I don't really, her pet peeve is like sounding just like the record live. So she's like, I really want like live arrangements of my songs. I don't want them to lean as far into the pop world. And I want to still, but I still want them like Mm -hmm. maintain like the organic, like natural thing that we do. I just want it to come to be, I want it to be more consistent. You know, and then I want it to be really well that I've seen on a, on a very, obviously super high level. Ben Rector for me. Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Bieber does it too. Kills. And it has to do with the fact that he obviously writes his songs in a vacuum with pop writers and producers. Yep. And then live, he's like, I'm going to bring in the best, like, shredders yep. his drummer that he can find his drummer devin is like insane his guitarist is just wild dude jules yeah it's insane we, yeah we talked about uh, a lot of them on uh lee's episode that we did um my buddy lee who worked with teddy swims yep uh yeah he does he knows a bunch of them just like from being in that area for me ben rector is like ben rector and justin timberlake are both the kings of doing oh, that oh yeah because sure. ben rector it's easier to hear because you can go to Ben Rector's like whatever the record that kids is on extraordinary magic or yeah. something like that. You can listen to that and then listen to the live record version mm-hmm. of that. And they sound like you can recognize the song. It's the same song. But then you hear like drums come in like yeah. real drums and you're like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll do like the reimagined versions yeah. that are like super funky in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just an interesting thing, but um, check out Kylie Odetta when she when yeah. we finally start playing shows again. Yeah, because 
I think we're gonna we're having a good time. Heck yeah, dude. We basically like meet once a week at my studio and we'll sit together and just work tear on a live song apart. And like work on a live version of it. Yeah, we do like a three hour session every week. That's awesome. And it's like Kylie's like Kylie's the kind of girl who's like super Here's what we're going to do for the first hour. Here's what we're going to do for the second hour. Here's what we're going to do for the third hour. Yeah, because she's playing. Well, it's also a little different whenever you're doing. You're playing more. I don't want to call them bar sets, but they're set up like bar sets. Yeah, it's it's like we're 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 putting together like a 45 minute show, an hour and a half show. Like typically yeah. we'll either do a 45 or an hour and a yeah. half. But then there are sometimes where like. She gets asked to play three because it's an event or something like yep. that, and she's the only person. Or it would be a festival, and yeah. we got thirty minutes. And yeah, so yeah. it's like exactly. we played the Spartanburg before. I mean, COVID's I love completely blocked that year in my brain. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like <laughs> last year, but it was realistically like two years ago, three yeah. years ago for the Melting Pot Festival. Okay, and played a thirty-minute set. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, okay, feels yeah. like nothing. Yeah, no, breezes right by. Walked in, sat down. They had a house kit. Was trash like tuned it up real quick. I had to. I had three minutes to tune it, <laughs> and then like, hey, can I get the kick? Okay, now snare, rack tom, floor tom, great. You're Kylie tuning keys. while you're check, and I'm like, mic okay, checking. yeah, sick. Um, and then we <laughs> played, and then it was like, okay, we're out of here. See you later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I I don't know. It it it's fun doing my job because I I get to be in the studio with her, mm-hmm. and I've mastered. I've done a lot more work than you think I have done for Kylie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mix and master one I, song. I about to say, I know you mastered a lot of her stuff. For mastered a, while. a lot of her stuff, and then now we're we're on top of these live shows. We're currently working on like acoustic EP is not the right word wording. A reimagined EP. It's really how we play the songs live. It's like okay, that's cool. What we sound like yeah, live yeah. EP. Um, to another another words for just trying to bridge that gap, and they're also the songs that. I started playing with Kylie with like mm-hmm. six years ago. Like my first rehearsal. Songs. Yeah. yeah. Songs that are not out. Songs that yeah. we do at every show that people know that if you go to a Kylie show, you're going to hear this song. Mm-hmm. But even with our reimagined shows, we're not. She's like, all right. We usually, almost, we almost for five years have almost always ended with this one song. She's like, all right, we're not playing that song anymore. But so you got to put it out because people want it. We're putting it out. She's like, yeah. we're going to put it out, but then we're probably not going to play it for a while. And yeah. she's going through like, we went through her whole repertoire and was mm-hmm. like, okay, what songs we want to do? Um, She's at that point where she doesn't have to do covers. Yeah. Because she's got 50 songs we could choose from. Yeah. But we still wanted to do some covers. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. what covers do we want to do? some familiarity. Um. To my dismay, she took out some covers that I really loved doing. <laughs> um, but she was like, "Not nah. she." Her thing that she has said to me a hundred times in the last month is, "We're not coming back from COVID and just doing the same thing. Mm. We're not going to have the same live show." She's like, "If we've sat for a year and haven't done something different, then we've I've failed as an artist." And I'm like, "All right, let's do it." Yeah, she wants that progression. I totally get that. Which I'm with her, and that I, that seems to be like what a lot of people are doing for sure. Um, even with like the Israel stuff, the songs that I've mixed have been like, oh, somebody's hungry. Yeah, <laughs> um, the songs that I've mixed of Israel's are like complete opposite of what you would think Israel and New Breed is. Mm-hmm. Um, y- yes, but yeah, there's still a flare of there's it. There's still a flare of it, and. I don't know. I've I've followed Israel for a minute, and his albums are always his 
studio albums are always way more pop focused and more yeah. clean than his live records. Which I I tend to prefer his live records. Yeah, exactly. Um, so his live his live records that are energy. Was, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, that's um, and his live records are generally the ones that do better. Yep, they are. Uh, but I mean, it was weird. The whole story of like I mixed Risen the remix off of feels like home volume two. And it was just kind of like interesting to listen to that whole record and then get to that last song. Cause it's completely different. Like I know feels like home volume one and two. I'm fairly positive, like 98% positive. There were no overdub, like no vocal overdubs done. Like you can hear vocals. I know he tracked it with a 58. Like it sounds like a 58. Yeah. And it's like pretty dark. Like Mm -hmm. there's tons of bleed. The drums don't sound, they sound like roomy drums because there's, you got new breed in there. So there's like 20 hot vocal mics at all times. And so it's like impossible to get a killer drum sound. But, um, and then yours is like the shiniest pop thing. Straight up like the middle by Zed and Mary It's like rip it. Um, it's just, it was just funny. Which another weird thing is I mastered that song too, so like I mixed and mastered it, going on a record that I had nothing else to do. Yeah, with. that and that's a little weird for me. I and I maybe, thought it was weird too, but hey, like it could be a common thing. But I don't. As far as I know, that's not a common thing. As far as I know, you want to get one mastering yeah, engineer to for the do whole the project, whole and it just kind of glues everything together. Um, but then I did. He's a wonder with Chandler and Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't master that one. Just mixed it and sent it off. Heck yeah. Um, which there were no, we didn't do any revisions on, on that one. Nice. We did a few on He's a Wonder because um, it was a little bit more picky. Yeah. He was, there was one specific thing Israel was super picky about, which I haven't talked to Israel through the whole thing. I've just talked to the producer. Yeah. And so the producer was like, yeah, Israel's wanting to, like, to hear this one specific delay throw. If you go listen to the song and he says, um, I have seen what you can do with broken things like me. And there's a me, Mm. me, me. It's not like a dedicated rhythm. It's It's like a weird delay. And so it's a throw. And that's the only point it shows up in the song. It's a throw and it only happens once. And it's probably not, it's not synced or anything. It's It's just like synced. I just, he said, the, the producer told me, hey, Israel wants this one throw on me. And he said, me, me, me. And I was like, okay, great. I'll do it really quick. And that was the revi- like that was the revision that he wanted. Yeah. And so it was like, man, that's but the weird thing about that is I've had two separate people from completely different like areas in my life who mm-hmm. number one, I didn't even know that they listened to that kind of music. Number yeah. two, come to me and say, Yo, that little echo thing that you did on Israel's vocal in that first verse is the sickest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> one weird revision. Yeah, it, and it was the last one. We did four revisions. And yeah. like the thing with this specific producer that did this song, it's Isaiah. The yeah. thing with Isaiah is he's a freak for background vocals. Right. Like he his arrangements are his arrangements are dope. Uh, but a lot S-tier. of his stuff lives on background vocals. Yeah, it does. It's his all of their songs and anything he you can tell if he's produced a song because it's you can very tell, you can tell he did risen and he's a wonder yeah. because it's like so background vocal heavy. It's background vocal forward. Like the mix he wants it yes, kind of forward. They're so loud. Every yeah. dude, every the first two revisions I go through on every Isaiah song is like 
Yeah, can you turn the background vocals up? I need them more present. I need them brighter. I need them with more reverb and delay. Yeah, you basically got to treat them like leads. Yeah, that's literally what he says. Yeah. He's like, with, with He's a Wonder, he was like, um, which that was kind of a challenge in, of, in and of itself because I'll preface it with all the Isaiah stuff that I get. Mm-hmm. It's like a kick, a snare, a bass guitar, maybe a shaker, a couple synth tracks. And then maybe a few guitars, vocals, 80 tracks of vocals. Yeah. And I'm like, holy moly. Yeah. But you're looking at 100 tracks and 80% of them are vocals. Risen was like 150 tracks and it was like 100 of them were vocals. <laughs> Not really. That's a super huge exaggeration. Yeah. But the good thing is for any of you guys out there, um, Isaiah works in Ableton. Mm-hmm. And so he works in groups. And so he'll send me like... This is what I'll get in stems. He just bounces everything out. So he'll be like BV1, BV2, BV3, BV4, BV5, BV6, all the way to like 19. And then the group. And then there's a BV group. And so you get his blend. I get his blend. I get his reverb and delay. I get whatever he wants it to sound like. And I'm like, I work in Pro Tools, so I'm like, okay, hide and make and active these 19 tracks. I'm just going to use this one. Yeah. And so I narrow that down to like those 50 tracks of vocals become three. Mm -hmm. And I think I think on both Panning sides, everything. Yeah, I was gonna say on both sides, there's something to be said for on the. I think we were just talking about this on the producer side, like printing what you want to send to a mix engineer if you're not mixing it, and on the mix engineer side, being okay with just getting printed stuff. Yeah, I'm. I like, would don't I would release, honestly I, rather I mean, that. <laughs> I know, me too. But like some some guys are like so controlled. You know yep. what I mean? It's like they want everything dry. I had, they I had everything. a guy one time. So I did a record with a band that did pretty well. Um, and they were they had a guy approach them about mixing it for free, and I was like, cool. And he had a couple names under his belt that I was like, sure, if he's gonna do it for free, like go for it. Yeah. So they asked me to send him the raw stems. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm stingy. I'm not going to send my samples. I'm not going to mm-hmm. send my, like, any processing that I do on mm-hmm. it. Especially when I'm sending them raw. Well, this specific band, I tracked um, I tracked mono overhead because it was, like, old school Metallica heavy metal. Like, Pantera, Megadeth. Yeah. Which means... So much guitar information happening. Yeah, it's hard to get the... There's no way I'm going to get cymbals to be in that mix. Yeah. So in order to save myself the hassle, because I'm also a recording engineer, I'm thinking ahead and I'm like, great, I'm just going to ribbon mic this middle, like middle of the drum kit. It's going to be great. Very like slightly, maybe use a stereo plug-in on it to like... Didn't even do that when I mixed it. Like I I just turned the fader up and put some high end on it because it's a ribbon mic. Yeah. But... And it's going to sound good and not too crazy on the high end. Yeah, and the guitar sat really well. I think mm-hmm. that mix is like really solid. Um, so the lead singer, I'm talking to the lead singer, and he's like, yeah, can you give me the stems, whatever? So I sent him the stems, and he calls me, and he was like, this is one of the only instances where I've had to feel like, or I felt like like I've had to be a butthole about mm-hmm. something. Because normally, like, you try not to be. You try to be super accommodating. Yeah. Um, so we're getting ready to track. So basically, he wanted to mix this song as an audition for them so that he could mix their record that we were about to track. Yeah. So he calls me and um, he was like, hey man, this isn't the engineer, this is the lead singer. He's like, hey man, the guy who's going to mix it um, wants to know if you take 
any suggestions for setting up microphones? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, well, never mind then. I was like, what is he suggesting? He was like, yeah, he wants um you to double mic the guitar amps. Um, and he wants you to do stereo overheads and he wants like this, this, and this. And I was like, no, which is like, that's kind of unheard of. Like you don't yeah. do that kind of stuff. If I was an, as a mix engineer, some of the stuff I've gotten that has millions of streams is garbage. Like, and mm -hmm. that's my job as they, they're paying me to make it sound good. Yeah. Like I got these stems from this one guy. And I'm trying to do really good about not naming names. Yeah. But I got these stems from this one guy, and it sounded like they were recorded in a tile bathroom. Yeah, I've gotten those before. And, I, and then I see... It's so echoey. I see and, this yeah. Instagram of this guy working with the artist that I'm working with, mm -hmm. and she literally has a microphone and a Ableton rig set up like on the sink in a bathroom. And I'm like... Oh, that's oh, why. That's it why it's like it that. literally in a bathroom. Isotope oh to the rescue. You gosh, know what I mean? Dude. Like, but that vocal D noise, <laughs> D reverb, like yeah, whatever. D verb, D hum, all of it. Just, but anyway, it was just like, no, yeah, don't do you that. get what you get? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and it's not like my tracks are like really terribly recorded. Like, I, I'm a big proponent of like it's got to sound like a record as we're going. Mm -hmm. Like, I want it to sound like a For record. Sure. And I also it keeps, to be it keeps like, you inspired as the tracking engineer. It keeps them inspired yes. as the artist. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is what this is going to sound like. If they yeah. say, yeah, we want to do like a, a a telephone effect on the vocal right here, I'm like, great, you're going to track through it. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it right now, and you're going to sing through it because it it really will change the way you respond and sing. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So I that that's the only time I've been like, no. Have you bought one of those telephones yet? The copper microphone or whatever it is, or the telephone microphone. The telephone microphone. No, but I do have a tin can mic. Oh, that's really cool. Because uh, like, I'm thinking about buying one of those telephone microphones just because I feel like there's yeah. just an extra something by I'll just, tracking through it. I just that do would DSP. Be fun. I just do DSP. I mean, I know Sansamp. I know on the way in, but it just sound like I yeah. think the the activity of holding a, a literal telephone, yeah, would change the way that they would perform. So that that record that we did, the singer wanted to like hold a, a 7B and run around yeah. the room. And I let him, and it was great. Yeah, dude, yeah. Which we just tracked their next record, like, literally two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. And he was like, yeah, I don't want to do that this time. Yeah. And I was like, cool, great, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But it was, yeah, that, it was just, I was like, man, you need to, I don't know. So, total side note, I'm not trying to dog this guy. <laughs> haven't told you who he was, but not trying to make him sound bad. Yeah. But. But just don't do that. They well, <laughs> they sent me his mix of the song mm -hmm. that I sent the tracks for at the audition, and I tried not to say anything. Like yep. I'm, I've learned that with this kind of stuff, you don't give your opinion until you're asked for it. Yep. So these guys have become my friends. We've tracked two records and a single together. Like yeah. we, we've spent a lot of time together. Yeah, so yeah. he was like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "What do you think?" Mm -hmm. And he was like, "I often hate it." And I was like, yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, this dude, it sounded like, I can't pinpoint what he did because it's that bad. Oh, God. But it sounded like he took the drums, which this band number one, you sh I don't edit him 100% to the grid. Like, he's a pretty loose drummer, mm -hmm. but that contributes to the vibe. Like, mm -hmm. you think they edited Lars Ulrich to the grid? Yeah. They didn't have a grid back then. Yeah. Like, um, so it was like, 
No, I didn't. I, I mean, I I beat detected him, but I didn't go a hundred percent. I touched up yeah, the guitars yeah. a little bit, but it, Hit that it wasn't seventy percent, seventy five, like yeah. whatever. Some stuff I pushed back in time, like to get it off to the get beat it on more purpose. groovy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're very groovy, and so it was like, it sounded like this guy just took like Drumagog or, or whatever SSD five or something, and layered in like drums underneath it that weren't like triggering like from his drums. So that it's were not like, like he used, separate, so it's not like he used trigger to like no. Trigger it's off like of, he typed it in with MIDI. And it was a hundred percent on the grid, and it was playing under like a rhythm in a lead drum, like it was the most like jarring thing I had ever heard. All these flams all over the oh place. Oh my god! Kick flams, different fills happening, like, and then the guitars were like, I don't know, thin, and the vocals were sounded stupid, and I was just like, <laughs> so we went to lunch. That was yeah. the first day that we were tracking the record, and I'm under the assumption I'm just tracking it now. Like, yeah. Which is fine. Like you can pay me. Yeah, it's whatever. So we go to lunch. We're sitting at the La Paria down the road from my studio. <laughs> and this is when he asked me, What do you think about it? And I was like, Well, I think it sounds like butt. Like I think yeah. it sounds terrible. And I think you're not gonna be happy with mm-hmm. the record. And he was like, How much is it gonna cost for you to mix the record? And I told him <laughs> and he was like, Done. All right. He's like, I'll call this guy and tell him he's out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I didn't mean to take this guy's job from him, but dude, if it's if it's bad though, I it's mean, bad. It's bad. And if it's bad, it's bad. And if you if you if your artist is looking for a certain standard, you know, and most people and most yeah. people know, and most people can tell, like they can within that situation, they can literally hear your tracking mix is better than his mix mix. It was, and I and I was like, I whether or not I take all my processing off. When you get stems from me, mm-hmm. you put them in whatever doll you're using. Yeah. It's going to sound exactly like what we were listening to mm-hmm. in the room when we were tracking, which is what a general pretty good idea of what a mix should sound yeah. like. I usually don't send a rough mix if I'm having, if someone else is mixing the project. Yeah. You let them kind of do like, their thing. Don't want to give them pre, predetermined. Right. Here's the stems. Yeah. Like, here's the stems. When you hit play, it's going to sound like what we were listening to so, yeah. so think about that yeah, yeah, yeah but as a mix engineer i probably like should be doing that kind of stuff like sending people rough mixes because i love when i get rough mixes yeah maybe i think it just really depends on the project so if it's like if if the producer is if you're an isaiah and it's super particular isaiah sends rough mixes and he's super particular i want it. a rough mix but if they're not if they're not that particular yeah, and they're like, like Paris Bridge, yeah, we're yeah. doing it from scratch. We don't have a rough mix, but I'm mixing it. So I was in the room the whole time. So yeah. I know like what we want. Yeah, 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 exactly. But with Israel's stuff, like they send a rough mix. Isaiah's just funny. Like I have so many funny Isaiah stories. It, it's just like he's he's not picky. He's particular. Mm-hmm. Like there's a huge difference. Yeah, there is a huge difference. Like he's not just blindly like, I don't know what I want. Blah 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 blah. He knows what he wants. Yeah. He might not know like the technical definition. Mm-hmm. So I told you I was gonna be burping through this whole thing and I'm just gonna <laughs> do it in the mic. Um Isaiah's funny. He he's like he knows a lot. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely brilliant. And we did um I think it was self, which is out. You can go listen to it yeah. on Spotify. It's the one that just hit a million and a half streams, like wild. Um which I got to tell you something about that in a minute. Yeah. But he, I did the the mix. He was like, 
close. It's so close. And this is what he said to me. I need, I got to talk to you like Isaiah talks to me. <clears throat> hey, man. Man, we're there. One thing. I need the background vocals wetter, but also drier. <laughs> and I was like, like my eye, like kind of yeah, like, yeah. it's like, oh God. Excuse me, what? That's part of the job though. You yeah, have to yeah. be able to translate this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. in my brain, I'm thinking, okay. Then I was like, so my brain automatically goes to, it needs more tail, but it needs to be drier on the front. Yes. So it needs pre-delay it and it needs like, yeah. And Whatever. You, need, you need to separate the vo- the, yes. the main vocal yes. from the from the verb. Yes. And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, I was like, okay, can you explain it to me further? Like, just give me some more adjectives. He's like, I need them like punchy, but I need them to be swimming at the same time. And I'm like, should have led with that. That's yeah, should have so led with I'm that. Yeah, yeah, that's like, a way better description. Okay, I'm going to distort these vocals like tastefully, and then I'm going to pre-delay the crap out of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm... Um, it's no secret everyone's using Valhalla right now. Yeah, so I'm yeah, using yeah. like vintage verb. Oh, at the so was, like, bro. Crank the pre-delay like almost as far as the knob will yeah. go. And then dis- I used, um, I can't remember what I used to distort. I think I used like a parallel send of like radiator from Dude, Sound yeah. Toys. Radiator's awesome. Um, or it might have been Devil Lock. I don't remember. Yeah. It was something Sound Toys because it was either red or green. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> but... So I sent it to him and he's like, yes, yes, that's it. And then he goes, hey, man, I got something else for these background vocals. He's so particular about his background vocals. <laughs> he's like, okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's it. We got the verb. We got the verb right. Now I need them. <laughs> I can't even. He's like, okay, if you used a plate, I want you to use a hall. But if you used a hall, I want you to use a plate. <laughs> like okay so meaning translation i want the reverb to sound different yeah and i'm like great cool like yeah, yeah you don't yeah, want yeah, that yeah, spanky yeah. metallic-y plate sound if it's a plate if it's a plate you want it to be crisp and clean you he just wanted to hear something different so yeah, i yeah, yeah, i think yeah. i used a plate i think i had the valhalla on like the now setting on a plate yeah. like a one and a half second like throw it on thing. that throw it on that vintage hall i put it on the 70s hall, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. super dark and then yeah, he was yeah. like i like that um, but that's, the, that's where I start. Yeah, I <laughs> mean it's the stock there. thing Dude, yeah, for a reason. The stock is but so good. It was cool. He's just he's really particular. Yeah, but he's hilarious. Like, mm. um, and it's one of the weird things with him is like and Israel. Like things are really not that not that much Israel, but things are always changing. The arrangement is changing as I'm mixing it because with Risen, mm-hmm. it has that chop in there that vocal chop mm-hmm. and what i i was sent a blend of three different chops but i was like in a group but i was yeah. also sent like the three separate chops so um no mix revisions at all but he was like hey it just wants you to mute that low octave chop because we think it's just a little too busy and so at that point i'd already pr- i just processed like the group together mm-hmm. the track and i was like crap uh, now I've got to go. I'm thinking in my head, like now I have to go like recreate what he did on the two individual tracks because I can't just take the low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But turns out he just gripped it and didn't do anything to it. So I just like unmuted him, put them in a group and then just did the same processing that I did on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine. But with Isaiah stuff, like I've got 
so now working with Isaiah, he sends me like all his artists that mm-hmm. he's work he's producing as well. That's awesome to mix, which is great. Like word of mouth is truly the best For way sure. to get business. Um, but working on this one specific song, and it's like in my mind, it's one of the coolest songs mm-hmm. that I've worked on. Yeah, 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 I think it's just sick. Um, is it one of his or just an it's, artist? That it's he's another producing? artist that he's nice. producing, and he was singing like verse two. Oh, okay. And I've mixed Dope. the complete. I've completely mixed it. Sent it to him. Revi- we've done like two or three rounds of revisions. Mm-hmm. Got it solid. And now he's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be featured on this song anymore. So can I just send you like another guy's vocal and you like put it in there? Drop it in that verse." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And then he's like, "There's been other songs where it's like, I've mixed it." And he's like, "Yeah, it's just not there." His EPs, is it? I think what's going to have one extra song on it that I already mixed, like it was done. And he was yeah. like. Yeah, I'm just not feeling that song anymore. So like, I mean, yeah, dude, done with it. Um, he's like, I wrote that song when I was in L.A. and like, I'm completely di- a different person now. And like, I just don't want to put that on this EP. It just won't make sense. I'm like, cool, great. Um, then this dude tells me, crimes against humanity. This dude, crimes against producers and mix engineers everywhere. <laughs> he popped off in March, COVID March. Yeah, yeah. One of his songs is like sitting at like six and a half million hits mm-hmm. on Spotify, like huge. And I listen to it and I'm like, this doesn't sound that great. Mm-hmm. Like sonically, the song's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound that good. And I'm like, who mi-? I asked him, I was like, who mixed Loving You is a Mountain? And he was like, nobody. He's like, that was just my Ableton session. I just bounced it out when I was done. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and I was like, what? Dude, that's some balls, what? dude. <laughs> what a. And what? he was like, what? yeah, he's like, I actually am thinking about just having you mix that one again. And just re-releasing it. it out, or just like, like using the same UPC code and switching it out. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, which he's doing for this other one called "Somehow I Knew," which is on. It's out, but it's on the EP, and what's out, I guess, is like just like one of those. One, like I don't know if he had someone mix it or not, but the one I mixed, like I mixed it, like it sounds yeah, like yeah. someone mixed it, which. That just goes to show if you have a good song, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what it oh, sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it also goes to show that a good mix can elevate it. A just good to mix that we hit a million extra. and a half streams in two weeks. Yeah, dude. Like, which for a, a guy who dude's got like four thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's not Taylor Swift. No, but he's he's known in his those four thousand people. I can't stand T Swift. But anyway, uh, but those four thousand people are—they know what. Yes, they're, he they're very also has like a manager, yeah. and like gets in. When it came out, he was on like six different playlists. With, yeah, with the song, the one yeah. I mixed, just so you can go and listen to it, um, is called "Self." Mm-hmm. Super cool. Um, but it it was just yeah he he's got a manager like and it's cool it's weird but it's. I try to weird in not a bad way. Yeah. Um, like it's just different mixing for Isaiah and for Israel because it has to go through the management. Like the yeah, management has to hear they and have approve, to approve it. it. Yeah, they have to approve it. So like I literally just got a text from him like yesterday and he because I sent him the masters for the EP and he says, Bro, thank you so much. Sent to everyone necessary. Whole team loves it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nice. And so like great. Um which is which is very it's a lot different than where we come from, which yeah. is like fans cool with it, 
right, dope. sick. It's like, done. I'm the producer, and I'm mixing it. So, yep. like, we'll do a couple of revisions with the Paris Bridge. Like, we'll do a couple yeah. of revisions with the band. They'll like it. Great. It's done. Um, it it's it's just odd. Yeah. Like, but I mean, management's. I I would prefer, which we don't. I don't want to talk about this today because everyone will get mad at me. But <laughs> I prefer management groups to record labels. Yeah. Um, because every record label deals. It's a hot steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. Um, but that's all I'm gonna say. And I know. We can move I know. From I, know that. I know the the peanut butter boys, Paris Bridge boys. They uh, they they went through a couple options or something. Yeah. Like that, they took so. it to a lawyer, and the lawyer was like, "If you sign this, this is you are effectively selling yourself into slavery." Yeah. This is pretty bad. Um, the thought that someone can own your songs, yeah, and not be you, yeah. just pisses me off to a different degree yeah, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a really weird situation and it's really like the only industry where that's like just common practice and nowadays the record labels are kind of shaking in their boots because people yeah. like isaiah are getting millions of mm-hmm. streams well and he's not on a record label across tiktok culture man all of these kids are producing like hits in their bedrooms with and Olivia Rodrigo, guitar, Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish, Trevor uh, Daniels. Is she on a record label? She is now. She what? She wasn't for a while. Yeah, she she and, and hitting a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Ocean Eyes was wildly huge, and it which she I was, hate. It was just her and her brother. I can't stand TikTok culture either. It just yeah. This is the thing. Like everything, microphones. Yeah, quality preamps. This camera, like the monitors that I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. that are just like right here, yeah, is like really high quality stuff that you bought from Sweetwater. Yep, like you just like hopped online and bought it. Yep. Like back in the day, you you had to go to a studio. The Black Album is estimated to cost over a million dollars to do mm-hmm. for one record. Yep. Now the thing hit billions of streams, like, and it's a classic record that it's got stands the test hundreds of, time. of millions of streams now. And it yeah. came out in like 82 or 86 or something in the eighties yeah, yeah, yeah. before streams were a thing when you had to sell CDs mm-hmm. and like vinyls and stuff. And they sold billions of copies of this record. So like, yeah. Um, but also, a million dollars, budget, they made, budgets looked different back then, too. Yes. Like, marketing budgets looked different because records sold more. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into that, too. But the fact that Billie Eilish tracked her whole newest record... With her or, brother in their house? Let me just clarify. I only know this one for sure. The fact that she tr- tracked Therefore I Am... Um, no, whole record. Whole, was it the whole record? Whole, I, d- I can only speak for that one song because no, no. I know that song. That holding... Whole, a TLM one oh three holding it sitting on a couch. Which is like a no no. Sitting no. while tro vocal tracking, holding a if condenser I took mic. This mic off of the stand right now and try to hold it while we were doing this podcast, <laughs> you would be like, yo, hey. What you doing, dog? Put that back on the stand right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, it's just her it was her and her brother in no pop filter. No no, there was a pop filter. No. There was there was a pop, there's a video there's, I found some video. I need to send it to you. There's there's some video of them working and tracking it's on there uh they, so with, they did a documentary it's on mix with the masters too so they did a documentary that was on a that was on a apple tv doc yes and there's a lot of footage in that of so them tracking. i'm watching i'm going by what phineas said in this yeah. one video of mix with the masters that i watched where he's going through therefore i am and mm-hmm. he literally said <laughs> she's holding a tlm 103 yeah, yeah yeah there's video of it dude or a 108 it's, or it's, a, it's a 103 and yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Which is a eight hundred dollar microphone, twelve hundred dollar microphone. Bro, used seven. Uh, pro, he uses an Apollo. Yeah, I think he uses an Apollo. So it's like he uses an old Apollo too. It's not even like, like when they. It's before they upgraded the preamps. Too. Yeah, it's like you, crappy unison pre's that I don't love that much. But like, and then it's like that record mm-hmm. is one. She won like six Grammys in one night. In yeah, it was crazy from something that. In and, a bedroom. In my opinion, arguably on, one I of have, the most... I need to know now. A, arguably one of the most, like, creative One of the records, most influential pop records that's ever come out. One of... Yeah, in, in recent years, for sure. Like, uh, uh, up there with, Therefore, like... Therefore, I Am on Spotify is sitting at 418 million streams. Yeah, and it's Bad guys just, that, like... In the in the billions, yeah, one point eight billion, and all of that stuff is just mainly samples, and obviously they send it to a mix engineer who did their yeah. work. Have you but... heard about so, uh, bad guy? When it hits that breakdown, yeah, if you're in your car or in a system with subs, mm-hmm. turn that crap down because it is gonna bust your sub. Do you have you heard that story? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Go listen listen to this in your car and turn it up. Turn the sub mm-hmm. all the way up. And it's going to, like, completely screw you up. <laughs> so apparently the, the the rumor goes that Billy was in her room where she was producing this song. And she did that section that... Oh, the ending <laughs> part. Yeah. She did that herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In her room. I didn't know that. And she had her crappy Yamaha HS8s or mm-hmm. whatever. She was JBL cheap yeah, monitors yeah. turned up so loud that they were like, and it was like vibrating the window seals and like <laughs> all this disgusting stuff. And so when she sent it to the mix engineer, it was like, Hey, it's got to have that energy. And I was like, Oh my God. And when I listened to it, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. But then you like, listen, turn it down a little bit and listen to it. It's without good. Mix. it killing the subs. It's like, there's so much energy. Dude. Everything is there. Like, yeah. How number one? How the heck did this dude master this? Like, oh yeah. I don't even know how he got it that loud without it just pumping from all the low end. But number two, like a lot of multi band. Just do what. <laughs> like this is what I mean by like. No, you don't act like you don't yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Can I get this? No, like Billy Eilish sent him a song and she said I I need it to mimic what it did in my bedroom. Yeah, and he was like, done. Like yeah, easy, yeah, yeah. no questions asked. Like here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and so it was like, it's, it's 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 a hired. There's a difference because it is art, but it's also a hired service at the same time. Yes. And well, it's finding this is the, the way. I, this is the way I think about yeah. it. And I think a lot of I'm a young producer, and I'm very thankful that I figured this out at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Um, my job is literally a servant. Like I, I'm here to serve mm-hmm. the artist, and I don't mean like can I get you some coffee? Mm. Like, yeah, if I got to do that, like you need some throat coat. Yeah. yeah but yeah. my job is literally to number one, serve the song. Mm-hmm. Like that's important, but serving the artist example, I'm working. I do every genre of music. Like I know people say you need a niche, but like I just do it all just because it's kind yeah. of the, the name of the game. When yeah, yeah. Right now. At least. Um, so it's like, working on a record with a lady and she it's a christian record kind of mav city style um upper room vibes Mm -hmm. like whatever 
and I'm tracking. I'm doing everything: producing it, mixing it, mastering it, tracking drums for it, getting the band together. Like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a normal. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. We take them from an iPhone demo all the way up to to fun finished product, finished finished mix master. Yep. So I'm tracking drums for it. I track drums for one song and I send it to her, and she just calls me and she's like, "That's not it. That's the completely opposite direction of what I want to go in." And she sends me songs as references, and then I'm like, oh, okay. So I had to, like, retract the songs mm-hmm. and do them a completely different way. Change the snare out, yeah. different drum tones, different mic placements, I different mean, everything. Going to use more room, going to use more, yeah, 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 everything. Send it to her. She's yeah. like, this is it. Now track the rest of the record. So I tracked the rest of the, the five songs, six, however many songs it is. Mm-hmm. I always count at this point. Um, Send them to her, and she's like, that's it. And I was like, great. Now, did I want to retract that song again? Did I think that my original drum reference was better? Yeah, I think it grooves mm-hmm. better. But at that point, I just have to think in my brain, when this song comes out on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, mm-hmm. YouTube Music, whatever it's going, everything it's going out on, it's not going to be my name on it. Yeah. So I... I have you'd be surprised the amount of artists that come to me that say, Hey, here's my last record. I really hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way it sounds. I hate that. Yeah, that's like that sad. Legitimately like hurts my heart. Hurts my feelings. From from coming from like having done music for so long. You know yes. what I'm saying? It's like I it, wanna be able to have an artist listen to their record and be like, I love this. For sure. Like this is the best thing I've ever done. Like this, this makes me happy. For this sure. is music I want to listen to. Like I never want an artist to listen to their songs eight months later, a year yeah. later, and be like, "Man, I wish we would have done this." Man, I wish we could have. I don't know. Heaven forbid. Man, I wish I would have like got a different producer. Like, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, man. That's but that's it's so just sad. like, God, I I don't like that. So it's like, for me, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to charge extra if, if I don't get it right. You know what For I mean? For sure. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to... That's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not their problem. It's not their problem. It's my problem. Yeah. And then, like, I I currently... Like, I there was a while where I only did a certain number of mix revisions mm-hmm. for a song. And then I, com- I contemplated, like, charging by the mix revision. And then I was like, that completely conflicts with, like, everything I believe. Like, what I just said about, yeah. like, I'll do... As many mixed revisions as it takes. like To get it to the point of where you are happy. Bipolar. Yeah. Paris Bridge. Their biggest song. 500,000 streams. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Breakout. Really good for a breakout band. Not mm-hmm. on a label that's doing it all themselves. I had to completely remix that song. Mm. Like I sent it to them and they were like, uh. <laughs> Not it. This sucks. And I guess I was just going through a bad day or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I was like, they, well, what actually happened was they sent me, it was something like 12 to 15 mixed revisions. Yeah. And at that point. And it was so much, it was like such drastic changes that you were like, I just need to. At that point, it's like, usually when I get mixed revisions, it's like three or four things. Um, If I'm lucky, just like one little tiny thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm really lucky, none. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, it was like 12, 13, 14 different things. And I was just like, hey, I just texted. We have like a group chat. And I was like, I'm just going to redo this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it like a few days, 
not listen to it and I'm going to just read it. Come back to it with fresh ears. That that's the best way to do it. Man. So then so then we came back to it. I came back to it, mixed it and sent it to him and there was like two revisions. Yeah. And it was like so much closer and I was just like cool. I don't ever want them cuz if we yeah. would release that first one and if I would have been like no. I'm not doing that. Um yeah. it would have been they would hate it. And it wouldn't have done as and well. And you got to think they're going to play this song. Yeah. Yeah, that's, forever. that's the other thing, like, from our perspective that you don't maybe think about working with somebody. It's like, your name's probably not going to be on it, more than likely, unless you're a featured, like, producer or artist I, or I've something I've been like doing that. this for, like, five years. Yeah. I just got asked. Um, All I did was track drums and edit the drums for the record of this, this band. Mm-hmm. And the guy texted me and said, um, what do you want us to credit you for? Like, would you rather, like be a like producer or would you rather like be an engineer i was like well technically i did both so you could you could say uh drum tracking and just like just like a co-producer yeah and he was like done and that's the first time that that like has happened had happened yeah when someone asked me like some people just put it on there yeah yeah, yeah. um but like all the song of all the songs i've worked on if you know you can go to spotify and like look mm-hmm. at the producer credits my name's not in any of them yeah um like yeah dude that's that's a that's something that i feel like needs to change it's like a mutual respect thing from like the producer and the artist and the engineer and the artist you know what i'm saying it's like it's i get it yeah especially whenever you're going to release day this is something that just needs to be a part of your checklist is like crediting people correctly because honestly it that's how our livelihood yeah, moves forward. people see, oh, Shane did this. I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, that's how I started mixing for Israel. It's like, yeah. I did Isaiah stuff, and Isaiah's like, yo, this dude is like tight. the real deal. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and they sent me something, it was great. Um, But it's like, I... I'm trying to think of the correct wordage to put it as. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not like it mat- it, it matters. Yeah, but it's just like when a lot of times, here's how I put it. There's one artist that I work with that if I, if I, when his song when his songs come out and I put them on my story, like because I try to do that yeah, a lot for sure, and I say like plug myself and say like hey I mixed this song like yeah, you yeah. guys check it out he will not repost those stories. Yeah, if I don't do that, he will repost the stories. And it's like, hey man, like yeah, it's like that's I'm kind to, of a crappy thing to do. Yeah, it's, we got to get we got to get our bread too, bro. I look, I I just got married like yeah, in yeah, December. Yeah. Like you just had a kid. Yeah, like, dude. All this stuff. Like, hey, what? Um, we we trying to make a livelihood told out you I was here. Do this a lot. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you help me out, please? I'm trying to eat. I'm trying. To, yeah, I'm trying to not live off 100 percent Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I said 100%. <laughs> yeah, my wife, won't, let me rephrase it. My wife won't allow me to live yeah, off yeah. 100% okay, there you go. Taco Bell there only. You go. There you go. I could and have done it. <laughs> um, so but, I was going to say, let's uh, let's talk about some drum tracking. Okay. We we kind of skipped over your intro to like straight how you got here. Yeah. But we went kind of straight to mixing. We but, to you can kinda, but drum tracking will kind of involve... Yeah, your come up into engineering and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So let's start with drums and like kind of how you got into everything. Man, if 
If there's one thing I want my studio to be known for, it's, it's dope drums. Can I say bad words on this podcast? Sure. It's badass drum tones <laughs> is what I want to be known for. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be known as that guy who like, oh, we got tracks from Shane. Don't, don't put samples on yeah, them. Yeah. We don't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, obviously it's genre specific. Like, yeah, yeah, But yeah, I can yeah. tell For you, sure. Kylie's stuff, some of the, a lot of this worship stuff, I don't do samples. Like the yeah, New yeah. Spring stuff that I mix. Yeah, yeah. I might, we're doing like a club, not a club song, but like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like vibe. an EDM-y kind of song. Um, and I I tucked in a like 808 sample on the kick. But, but that's like an augmentation thing. Yeah, that's, that's not, not like replacing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I just... I don't want to sound like a, a douche or anything, but like I just hear drums in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm a drummer. Yeah, like, yeah, they have to sound a certain way. To For me. sure. Um, that's why if Andrew, Andrew, Andrew will always send me a mix and be like, "What do you think about this?" and I always have something to say about <laughs> yeah, the drums. Yeah. I'm like, like, "Yeah, I don't give a crap about anything else, yeah, but the drums." But the hey, drums. Man, can you just send me the Pro Tools session? I'll just fix it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lie. Andrew gets like some really killer, solid, super solid <laughs> drum tones, but um. I'm the kind of guy, drum tone wise, that's like, of course, we're going to use samples. Like, I've been using samples recently to augment the room more than anything. That's what I've um, found is there's a certain tick, especially with like metal, there's a certain tick that kicks need to have. It's really it's, hard to get out of a it's kick drum. Basically, you have to have the right kick drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And most people don't. No one um, does. So it's just easier to just have that yes. have that top no, end. Not sample. everyone can be Oceans Eight Alaska. Bro, What's his name? Um, which you know they don't use samples. Yeah, I and know. They don't he's, edit him. He's nuts. They don't edit him at all. He's crazy. Go look up Oceans Eight Alaska's drummer. He has specifically. There's this one video where they're just in the record in the in the studio tracking the record, mm-hmm. and he's like, they say things like. Yeah, he'll do this one part like 12 times until he gets it right. They're tracking drums for 12 hours at a time. Yeah, dude. And he's like dripping sweat. But their their parts are crazy. Also yeah, super intricate. Yeah, no yeah. samples. The only band in metal that I know that's not using samples. Yeah. Um, Which I don't hate. I'm not Glenn Fricker. Well, Glenn Fricker loves samples now, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, he does now. But... Um, I'm not Glenn Fricker. I've... Paris Bridge stuff is like Sample City. Like, yeah. Just because it's heavy music. Yeah, you... and it's genre specific. Genre specific. Whatever. Yeah. But for me, it's like... You've been playing drums for how long? 20 plus years. Yeah, dude. Since I was seven years old. Heck yeah. Um, So it's like... And like perf- on a professional level, on really. On a professional level since I was 12 years old. Yeah. I've been getting paid to play drums since I was 12. Yeah. Um, So it's like, for me, instead of my... The way I work, so if you ever want to come work with me, the way I work is it's got to be right mm-hmm. going into that microphone. Yep. We can do a little bit of stuff later, but I want I want eighty percent of it to be right going into yeah. my microphone. So, if you ever come to my studio, <laughs> I have a wall of snare drums. I oh, literally yeah. own eighteen snare drums, mm-hmm. and I they're not what sound percussion snare drums. Yeah. I have so like for me, it's like you got to have the Black Beauty. Yeah. I got to have, have the Supra. I have two Supras. One's from the 70s. It's a 14 by 5. One's new, newer, like early 2000s. Gotta it's have a, a 14 by 6 and a half. Copperphonic. I don't have a Copperphonic because... They expensive. Yeah. But <laughs> you got to have a, a 60s Acrylite. For sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have your like boutique wood snare. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like the Tema, 
birch and walnut, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which is like birch is super punchy, yeah. walnut super fat. So you get both the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have like a big fat thing. So I have a fourteen by eleven field drum, like a Ludwig sixties. Oh yeah, field drum. I've seen that. And then I have a fifteen by twelve. <sighs> 50s era WFL that's like doesn't get pulled out a lot but when it does goodness gracious she does his job like, yeah um when uh, when you hear it you're when like you hear it, you're like oh that makes it just sense. goes like that's all it does <laughs> i have a piece of paper taped to the head it just goes <laughs> it farts and it's awesome um i have it farts in the best in way. the best way i have a 14 by 8 DW brass, which I'm trying to sell, so if anyone wants to buy it, just yeah. let me know. Because I have a black beat, I don't need another yeah. brass thing. Dude, I have like everything. Like, so for me, it's like, oh, snare's not sounding right on this song. Instead of saying, I'll just throw a sample on it. I'm like, no, let's, what do we want? We want it tighter? Okay, let's put that 13 by 7 for sure up there. Oh, we want it like fatter? Okay, well, let's get, let's take the black beauty and tune her down a little bit and just yeah, go yeah. boom, like that kind of stuff. I have six different drum kits, like, I just bought a new one. Yeah, you did. She's pretty. Yeah, she's she's gorgeous, which I can talk about the story of that one. It's steel, but um, CNC, player date 2, Bonzo sizes, 24, 14, 18, and it came with the Superphonic. So I didn't just buy two Superphonics. Oh, because, bro, it came with one too? Let me just tell you the story. Okay. So I had just bought my Black Beauty, which, don't get me wrong, I'm... I'm not going to just, I don't just spend money to spend money. I try to find the deal. I got a Black Beauty for $570. That's a great, that's a great deal. Because it was B-Stock, which if you don't know what B-Stock is, with drums and guitars and everything, B-Stock means it comes from the factory. So this mm-hmm. snare came from the Ludwig factory with a cosmetic defect. Yeah. But they don't affect the tone. Yeah. At all. It's it's the same. It's just So I get the drum and it comes defect. in a Ludwig box. Yeah. Came from the factory in Monroe, North Carolina. So I get the box, open it up, and I, I'm looking for it. Like I'm looking for the big big old scratch just like down yeah, the side yeah, of yeah. it. Like whatever. Can't find anything. Yeah. If you if I were to hand you this black beauty right now. That you guitar would, that you're ne- that you're sitting next to was a B stock. You would never know. You that can it was never a yeah, there's nothing about it that says, Hey, there's a giant scratch on this thing, or yeah. hey, there's, there's a the tweaker. tiniest, tiniest nick, like right next to one of the lugs, but I could I had to like polish the shell before I saw it. Yeah. And you don't even know if you did that or I, not. Yeah. At some I have point. no idea. So, like, <laughs> um, whatever. So, black beauties are like 800 bucks, yeah. 700 bucks. So, I got a good deal for that. So, then I'm, I play at New Spring Church at the broadcast campus in Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, I bring my black beauty in there. Like, oh, that thing sounds sick. And the front of house guy is married and has like a million kids. So, he, Obviously, can't just buy drums that he sees on Craigslist yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, so he sends them to me, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna. He's like, I'm gonna live vicariously. That's through literally your, what he says. Your so wallet. my wife hates him, not really, but she's just like, her can't be sending you Craigslist yeah, stuff yeah. anymore. So he says, like, Hey, dude, I saw this. He knows I have a. I want a CNC kit. I've always wanted one. I love the way CNC sound. I think Tanner had one. Tanner right? has one. Or he has one. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, he brought it in and he was like, I think I saw you posting about it and you were like, oh my God. I need this. Which he, he leaves, a lot of times he leaves his drum kit um, at the studio. Yeah. For like me or Jay to use it, which I've never used it because I just haven't felt like I needed to use it. Yeah. Um, but it was like, man, his kit 
we changed heads on it one time and it's just like he hands he hands me the floor time is like tune it and i'm mm-hmm. like okay and i'm just like just gave it a couple turns and it was like boom done like yeah. it took me three minutes so i was like man i need to get a cnc but i want something that's like i don't want your typical like kit sizes i want something different like i got mm-hmm. i got all the kit sizes yeah you need a you need a flavor kit yeah so front of house guy in new spring sends me this well he first he was like i didn't want to send you this because like it looked a little sketchy yeah and i was like dude send it to me sketchy like, is my middle i don't name, care dog. like send it to me <laughs> craigslist ad and the guy posts it's a cnc player date two like i said 24 14 18 with a 14 by six and a half superphonic and he's like yeah i'll include like a snare stand if you if you want it for the rack time too for 1400 dollars. holy crap and i was like it is sketchy because he didn't post pictures of the kit. He posted the picture that you would download from like Drum Center or Portsmouth. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. The uh, stock, like, yeah, whatever. Like the pi- yeah, there's yeah. like a wall of snare drums behind it. It's like a professionally taken photo. Yeah. So I'm like, this is a little sketchy. I don't know. 1400 bucks. For- this kit's like three grand. Like The kit alone is like yeah. three grand. So Not I to mention there. the snare is like a $700 snare. snare drum. Yeah. Snare stand. Whatever. Which that, we'll get into that in a minute. So it's in Abbeville, which is about an hour south of here yeah, yeah something like that an hour yeah an hour hour south. hour hour two depending on traffic it yeah. was an hour for us okay going going from my studio on woodruff road it was an yeah, hour a little closer um so i i email him and i'm like hey dude uh can i get some pictures of it like i just want to see some pictures of yeah, it. yeah and he's sketch city sends me pictures of them in a closet like it's just like stacked up yeah. i just really just wanted to see if he had it yeah so he sends me the pictures and i'm like great can i come see him he was like yep i'm available friday or saturday i was like saturday done I instantly pick up the phone and call tanner i'm like hey i got a good deal on a cnc you got to come with me to see it like yeah, I, yeah. you know cnc's better than i do like i need to know so we drive down there walk in this dude's living room it's we it's sketchy like he lives in historic abbeville so his driveway is too small for me to park my car in. So I have to pull up on the sidewalk. And it's just weird. So I walk in. Dude's tatted, like, neck tats. And I'm like, I'm not opposed to tattoos. But yeah. I'm just like, you know, there's a certain... That's extra. There's a certain connotation to people who are, like, neck tatted down to yeah. their fingers. Um, if they're not in a band. if they're Which he is in a band. So we start talking. And I walk in. And the kid's just, like, sitting out. I'm looking at it. It's got dust on it. Like... It's just been sitting in a closet for a few years. Brand new heads. Not only that, but he's got a kick pedal sitting out. He's got two snare stands. And he was like, yeah, you can take all that if you want it. And I was like, yeah, you said 1400 right? And he was like, yep. So I handed him like $1,000 in cash and Venmoed him 400 bucks. The kit's in perfect condition. Not only does he give me the kit, the snare, for 1400 bucks, he gives me a kick pedal with a like a vintage... Denmar red wooden beater that oh, you can't buy anymore. Yeah, from they don't places. sell those anymore. And a kick pedal. He gives me the DW nine thousand series Tom snare stand. That's like a three hundred dollars yeah, snare dude. stand. And a Gibraltar snare stand. It's like the ball and like pulling. Yeah, that's like a hundred fifty dollars. It's a nice snare stand. Amazing for like freaking nothing $1,400 yeah dude. I couldn't say no Tanner was like I have $1,400 in my pocket right now if you would have said no I would have bought this kit. yeah brand new heads on it which 
They had clear emperors on it. That's a that's a drummer take. I don't love clear heads. Yeah, Depends on what I'm doing. I'm so we just man, drove to Guitar Center yeah, after that and got the heads. got some heads. Tanner bought a snare drum while we were there. We took it back to the studio and spent like two hours just like dialing this kid in. And the kick drum on this kit, it's like I don't even I can't even explain it. It's just like it just sounds amazing. Yeah. No samples required. Tracked a song on it the next day, mixed it, didn't use samples. You got, this is kit number four, right? This is kit number six. Okay. So you added more, you've added more. I have my there. original, everyone knows me. If you know me, my signature is the purple sparkle, yep. which I bought for like $125 off a guy. All that to say, you don't have to pay three grand for a kit. Yeah. You can buy, this is, I think it's an Atama Imperial Star and it sounds amazing. Yeah. The first Two Parish Bridge records were tracked on it mm-hmm. until Christian got his until kit. Until Christian got his kit, yeah. And she has an anchor kit, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, which he doesn't even bring to my studio anymore. When Christian comes to my studio, I don't even think he brought sticks this last time. <laughs> he just like, shows he up. He just shows up and he was like, let's go. Let's do it. And I was like, sick. <laughs> he did have to bring his double kick pedal because I don't. You don't have that. I don't have that. Because um, if you play double kick, you have a double kick pedal. Yeah. So I have my Imperial Star. I also have this really weird kit. It's a tie kit that I found in a shed, and it sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have another tie kit that was owned by the dude in the Marshall Tucker Band. Yep. So he toured with it, and it's my like gospel flavor kit. It's nice. like eight, ten, twelve, oh, fourteen, twenty. Everything's kit, like real like, tiny, yeah. Goo goo goo, like whatever. Then I have real high tight snare. Oh yeah, like yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> um, which. Funny enough, this kit came with a snare, and it was the kit I grew up playing on. So I, my dad let me have it um, for the studio, and it had been sitting in his shed, another shed kit. Like, it had been no. sitting in his shed for Bro, you got a good luck with shed years. kits. Shed and closet kits. Sheds and closet kits. I don't know what it is, but it had been sitting in, like, an outside shed for, like, five years. Like, the heads were melted together. Like, I had to take it apart and clean it, but I chose not to clean the snare and I just left it. And it just has a Like, cool it's got sound. dirt in it. Like, you pick it up and you do like this and it goes... Crackle, it rattles. Crackle, crackle. Like, it, but it, when it works, it works. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I got that kit. Then I have... Moving into the non-shed kits. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Gretsch R1 that's like... Before the Renowns were like mm-hmm. player entry kits. Yeah. Um, it's got like die-cast tubes and it sounds amazing. It's 24, 13, 16. I'm currently selling it. Because I just bought the CNC and I don't need a big twenty-four inch kick drum anymore. Yeah, I don't need two of them. Yeah, yeah. you got. Um, and the CNC one is just—it's just a little better money. Yeah. Um, then I have the rot the uh, the Rogers, my baby, yeah. sixty-four Rogers, the vintage flavor. I remember when you got that and you sent me samples of it. <sighs> yeah, she's awesome. Uh, then the CNC, but I also have like some like random bits and bobs. Like I have um. This kick drum that I have on loan from a guy that's mm-hmm. like a 64 single tension Ludwig. And like, I have all this stuff. Yeah. So basically, I have enough to get it right at the source. Yeah. Which is the whole point of this conversation is for I sure. don't, I love samples, but for me for specifically, taste. like, I can never get samples on toms to sound right. I don't know what it is about me. Like, your mixes, I'm sure they're sampled to high heaven with toms, <laughs> probably replaced. I can't tell because it it's so well done. Yeah. I can't get it to do that. Like, yeah. I don't know. So it's just like, if anything, the toms have to be right. Like, yeah. that's got, we can sam- we can replace the kick for all I care. Like, I don't care. Um, 
so it's just like one of those things. And I've I've recently found a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. I have to just midi it. Yeah. Um, instead of triggering, like using trigger to trigger yeah, toms. Yeah. Uh, we did the newest um, Slackjaw record and the kick and toms were done with electronic drums. But it's real snare and real cymbals. So that's what we did for the heirloom stuff. Uh, all of the kicks are a midi pad. Yep. Uh, just because it's actually easier. It is a what we've what we've found in in that type of metal. It is easier to just have your kick be a pad because your patterns are so specific. Yep, and I, they can change. Like they did the whole Common Courtesy A Day to Remember record without that because they walk yeah. in the studio with like fifty or sixty songs. Yeah, and they're like, and you oh, can't we don't ask know. the drummer to learn all those songs. Yeah, we don't know exactly what is going to happen here. So yeah, but yeah, so. We did that because they wanted a specific sound, and it was like mm-hmm. it is not going to be able to be achieved without samples. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could be, but y'all don't want to be in the studio tracking drums for six months. Yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna roll this way. Um, and it was great, and I I'd end up doing. I ended up n- my computer's a little bit older, so mm-hmm. it, I'm I'm scared to update it to the newest operating system. And the operating system was one away from being able to just MIDI like. USB the module oh, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I had to do was set each output to be like kick, tom one, tom two, tom three. And I just recorded the audio. Like we and picked, then used it as we like picked the some MIDI of those, triggers. Yeah. And I just piped those to his ears so he could hear what he was playing. Um then I I hate the new Pro Tools convert to MIDI. So I just went in and dropped them in like by hand. The MIDI notes. That's what I, so I use. That's what I use. I, I use Trigger for that a lot of times. Or uh, there's a plugin. Uh, well, th- I just didn't like um, because it was electric drums with real drums. There was like the toms were always firing. So like there's this like boom So yeah, I have I have a plugin for you that is going to change your life. <laughs> well, luckily this dude doesn't do tons of yeah. like tom hits, so it was easy for me to just be like midi 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 yeah, humanize yeah, yeah, yeah. it and then it's weird like you send that midi to trigger. Yeah. Cuz I don't use SSD because I don't want to pay another $100 cuz no, I don't do this I very often. Use, I just use trigger. Yeah, just send it well, to trigger and fire I it off. I found that trigger is just just a little cleaner little easier to use it actually the gate on trigger even it's, if you don't it's the greatest gate dude it's so that has I'll, ever been created i use Fab filter pales in comparison dude i use it i'll put a trigger on a track on drum tracks like my my template is just yep. triggers same. on drum tracks at the beginning of everything absolutely same with a couple preloaded samples in but they're not on none yeah. of it's on the only thing that's on is the gate this is a really random thing that i've been doing is mono triggering I, what do you mean? Like, used to, if I get a snare sample and it's in stereo, I'm just going to leave it in stereo. But I, recently, I've just been doing, like, I've been breaking my samples out into, like, like with this specific record, I had to print a Tom sample, mm-hmm. close mic sample, a Tom overhead sample, and a Tom room sample. And then I blend them in the real overhead so that it sounds real. Like yeah. You, you'll never be able to tell that this yeah. is like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, with snares and kicks specifically sticking to 
mono samples or like not mono samples but like making them mono yeah making yeah getting them down to mono it does sometimes do there's a little something. room something on there yeah but it does do something to it it just keeps it tighter to me it's really subtle it's one of those things that like no one's gonna notice and, and honestly me. we might just be playing ourselves on yeah that too. i'm probably playing myself but it's like <laughs> yeah something about seeing just one instead of two led lights like go up it's yeah, just like, yeah and that way if i i've been finding this um i don't mix with outboard gear just because I hate it. I hate recalls. recalls I hate doing it. Nightmare. Yeah, because you did for a, a for I did some. For a little while, I have a lot of outboard. Like, mm-hmm. I just use it for tracking because I'm yeah. like, I want to get it right tracking. Yeah. Like, I pride myself on vocals specifically. You've gotten vocals for me. Just yeah. pull the fader up and it's there. Like, yeah. you might have to do a little carving to fit it in the mix you're doing. But yeah, yeah. It's like pristine. Um, recently, I've been tracking three mics on a vocalist at all times. So you have options? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we what what I'll do is they're all going through nice pre's, all going through nice compressors and EQs mm-hmm. going into the box, and they're all level matched so that we will track the take and then come into the room because I'm a big committer. Like mm-hmm. I'm, that's why we were talking about this before the podcast started. I'm not a slate mic lover. Like, yeah, I'm not one of those because I can't commit yeah. to the mic and sound the, and the like. That's why we like the. Townsend and the you and can, the antelope you can put stuff. it on you there can put it on there and, it and just and it print it yeah um but hey if any of you companies are listening figure out a just make it a closed system make it a mic that goes to a box that you can change the mic on and then i can run it through outboard because that's what's killing it for me yeah um but that's we won't talk about that um for me it's like we'll come in the, the room listen to all three mics mm-hmm. i'll let the vocalist choose and then get rid of the other two and just roll with that um because it's like why would i track why would i double or triple my vocal um gigabyte count. gigabyte count yeah when i don't have to um yeah. but Are you yeah it's, at 48 oh i'm always at 48 i'm at 48 too uh except for podcasts i'm at 44 one because doesn't really matter but uh when you start stacking those vocals on top of it dude a 48k vocal track like when you have 60 of them she gets rough jay jay was doing 88.2 for a while and or because he's got that high he's got that high that high antelope like yeah and i was just stuff. like uh-uh. which a lot of my stuff is run through optical mm-hmm. or adat cable yeah, so yeah. if i did 88.2 i'd have to cut my input count in half and you would probably or you'd have to get some sort of changeover system yeah, which would that. be expensive um which no one's ever said anything. Actually, I've had people ask me to send my masters in 44.1. Because usually when I send a master, I'm just going to send a 48, 24. Yeah, 48, 24, yeah. That's what now I do. Now I'll send two two of them. Yeah. Um, but Isaiah was like, yeah, I need you to send me a 44.1 16-bit. Uh, it's for CD printing. Which they won't convert it for you. No. So it's like, it's going to get some down to 44.1 anyway. Like, yeah. What you listen on Spotify is like is a forty four one terrible. So it's like it's forty one four one sixteen. Why would I do anything else? The whole Chris Lord Algae setup. Have you seen this? He no. he is it the ninety nine or the ninety eight? Whatever. It's two different Pro Tools rigs. It's like his mixing rig, which is like connected to the SSL. Yeah, like all is outboard. The big one that everybody at, sees. Yes, it's at forty eight twenty four. Okay. Then the outputs of that go to a separate Pro Tools rig with like separate D to A's and like a separate like So basically like a clone whatever. system. Whatever. And that's at ninety six. 
Why? Because he says, it makes sense. He says, when I, by the time I get here and mix it, there's so much information that if I sent it back 48, it, it, you'd lose some of the stuff. Yeah. And he's like, that's why I do a separate Pro Tools rig as well, because I don't want to print it back into the same session. So they have a separate rig that, and it, it I mean, like when you're crystal algae and you're charging 10 you grand to that, mix, whatever. like, yeah, you can do whatever you want to, yeah. but no one I know has the luxury of doing oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. literally just like sending everything to a mix bus that's sent to a print track, like, yep. and then I print it because I don't, I came from working in Pro Tools 10 when they didn't have offline bounce. So, mm-hmm. and there's like been a couple times with Pro Tools, which we won't get started on how much I hate Avid and Pro Tools, but I just have to use it because that's what I know. And updating and um, all of that stuff. Oh my God. Um, Like offline bounce and Pro Tools can sometimes like add these weird blips and artifacts and yeah. stuff that I don't like. So it's like printing. Especially if, if it's a really heavy session. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff going on, like whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, anyway, back to drums, back I, to drums. Yeah. I, I have everything like, yeah, I think, I think that's something that I think me and Josh have been talking about it a good bit lately, but it's printing more often, committing more often mm-hmm. or committing earlier mm-hmm. as soon as you can and getting the, Getting the staples like what you you so you got the super font you got yep. the black beauty you yep. have your your basic sizes like you basically yep. have your three kits that are like your basic sizes yep. and then you have your your fun kits for flavors yeah like and, it, oh we're doing a vintage track yeah, yeah. or we're doing a big freaking which you could get away with with your basic three kits yeah but you have having, to sample having have to do all this yeah, stuff. yeah or just like having I don't know having. A guitar that does really good things. Having a couple options. Having a For bass me, that my, does really good things. my options come with miking stuff. Yeah. Like, I always have a kit set up, and I always have, like, similar miking, mm-hmm. but I'll just try random stuff, but keep the staples. So, like, I'm always doing snare top and bottom. Yep. I'm always doing... I usually will always do three kicks, three mics on a kick. Recently, like, with the CNC, I don't in have out to. In-out room? No, I will do in-out sub-kick. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because the out mic I found is more that like hundred hertzy so thing. I have ended up triggering my sub kick from now on. Yeah, just doing like a sine wave or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it works. Um, but more on that later. Yeah. I so that I'm always like the core is like kick in, kick out at least. Yeah. Snare top, snare bottom, tom one, tom two, overheads, stereo rooms. Yeah. Now I'll add a crotch mic. Um, recently I've been doing like, or like a hall mic, like somewhere way down or something like no, that. No, I, I know Jay I is a fan of the two, hall mics. Yeah. Cause Jay has a killer hall. Like my hallway is like meh. Like to me, it's just like meh. Yeah. So I'll do a Blumline pair of fat heads mm-hmm. that are going through 1176s and in the box they're slammed. So yeah. like, I'm not doing that because slamming compression with plugins doesn't work as well to me. And it just yeah. sounds different. I could, yeah. I could see that. I like the way my 1176s sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do a super clean pair of far rooms that's not getting any kind of nothing. They're just mm-hmm. straight pre's going in. And that changes. I've done SM81s. I've done um, 
it's just whatever mic, whatever pair of mics you have on hand. Yeah, I like the Warm Audio Forty Seven Juniors on Toms, but I've been using Fifty Sevens on Toms recently, so it's like, dude, uh, it's a classic, bro. It just works. It works. Um, I it cuts out a lot of bleed. Yeah, I typically hate Four Twenty Ones, but I just acquired a pair, original and I original Four Twenty Ones also sound a lot better than the yeah these are new 421s and i yeah. really like them um so i guess i've just been wrong my whole my whole <laughs> life but whatever um, or my ears have just changed it's probably your ears have just developed to like no i this is i used to hate 421s too it was just like i'm looking for a specific tom sound and when i put a 421 on it it's it like, doesn't give you that sound no it does now oh it does it's now? like oh hey here's that sound so for me, it was always the 421 would, I was looking for a certain sound and the 421 would do like the opposite of what I wanted it to do. Yeah. I guess now I just want the opposite of what I yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. So like, you were probably looking for more of a scoop sound and the, and now you're looking super bright, like and, really big. I was putting large diaphragm condensers on it. Exactly. So now you're looking for more expensive of, when you track a lot of drummers that don't know what they're doing. True. Yeah, especially when they beat the crap. A 421 can take a beating. Yeah. like and Or a 57, good lord, I could drop it off yeah. the building. Exactly. Recently, I've been putting a 7B on my snare, too, so I just have an, an influx of 57s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own five of them, and I own two Unidyne 545s, mm-hmm. which when I have to give these 421s back, I'll, I'll put those on Tom's. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, now, now you're looking for more of the rounded, like MIDI yeah, Tom like, sound. Yeah. So yeah, it's just that your 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 flavors. Two hundred hertz, three hundred hertz. Yeah, your thing. Your flavors just changed. Um, but dude, there's this company called Twelve Gauge Microphones that literally make microphones out of shot off shotgun shells. That's amazing, and I need to buy one. Um, they're like thirty bucks for yeah. for an Omni one. I bought a pair for sixty bucks, and then I bought a cardioid one, and they're like forty five. 60 bucks for a pair of microphones yeah, now they it, can't take a ton of spl like you couldn't put them on a tom they had they make a high spl version which is cool but i put this cardio one over like uh, as rooms, an overhead dude. yeah that's what i've been guitar doing mic, like for, for like acoustic like you know you need a, a pair to track it's acoustics cool. yeah um which jay's just down the hall so it's like i have access to coals and yeah so whatever. and that's the other thing r88s and that's the other thing is you share your studio space is kind of a shared studio space yeah Uh, more recently obviously the last year or two yeah the last it was right before covid when he sold his house right Mm -hmm. so yeah he he moved in with a lot of very nice like yeah we got we got everything between the two of you i have you got it i have the kits yeah he has the mics he's got he has a ton of like he's come down the hall his kit yeah, his gardener. Yeah, yeah. He's, I also like that kid. It's too. great. He's come down the hall and been like, "Hey, can I use your whatever?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then I'll come down the hall and be like, "Hey, I'm tracking a really spitty vocal. Can I use your coals or like?" Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's using Soyuz's for a while too. Soyuz, yeah. which he got rid of. Um. He. Yeah, I know. He mentioned the other day he was. It's rid pretty of much those. like all the mics that I don't have. He he's has, got, and yeah. all the mics, all the mics he doesn't have, I have. He's got the weird European microphones. Yeah. And you have all of the American microphones. I got the standards. Yeah. Like, you got the basics. I, which, dude, let me tell you something. We've talked about this, but just for everyone out there, I don't have incredibly expensive gear. No, you don't, like, actually. We've painted, we've painted me to be like this dude who's got like all this stuff. I I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I have 557s. I, have, I don't own the 421s. I use like my favorite mic right now is the Warm Audio u87 clone yeah dude it's like 700 bucks it sounds really good too and the junior even sounds the really junior good sounds great um the dude i know glenn fricker shits on him a lot but the clark technic stuff oh yeah it's good 
Like I, I think I, you've gotten a lot of vocals from me. Yeah, Do they sound bad. No, because never. they're going through Clark Technic stuff. Yeah, and I have a pair of the Poltex, a pair of the Eleven Seventy Sixes, and their LA Two A. And like a lot of this stuff, very. Your drums are the more most expensive things about your studio yeah, because that's the source. Like I want it to sound. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like your speakers. It, For you me, just... it doesn't matter what it's going at. Like yeah. what what the chain is. Yeah. If the thing sounds like a butt, it's gonna sound like a butt in Pro Tools. Yeah, and mics are only going to do so much and pre's are only going to do so much and i mean obviously we figured this out first from years of trial and error it's the mics will do five percent yeah the pre's will do one percent yeah really uh your conversion i would say zero percent i would say yeah i would i would i would probably put it in the point five yeah one percent it's not enough to for you to really bad conversion can be very bad yes but it's not once enough for me to, to want to run out and buy a symphony. No, but like, once you once you get once you get up to the five to thousand dollar range in your in your interfaces, it's like, just your flavor. Like it's just I, a flavor. I love the focus right stuff. Yeah. I love the claret sound. Yeah, like it's exactly. my favorite. You love the Apollos. Exactly. Like, it's just is whatever. What it is. So but the it doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. You can find deals like you're finding on Craigslist and oh, yeah. Facebook Marketplace and all that kind of stuff. Or you can try the cheaper stuff. It's not bad, but use something that you do that a lot of people don't do is like, just be friends with people in the area and like ask to borrow stuff, dude. Yeah. Andrew has literally had one of my microphones for a year now. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, dude. And he's just like, you need it. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I don't, I don't have a need for it. So like, you can just keep it until he said something about like, yeah. I want to get this microphone. Like, yeah, till you get that, just keep it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it like, just that's the biggest thing. Yeah, dude. Don't be an ass. Yeah. Like if you can take anything from this conversation, it's a shame that I'm saying this so late in the game of yeah. this podcast, but like, just be a cool person to be around. Yeah, dude. Like that's where a lot of my studio stuff comes in. Mm-hmm. Like where I get a lot of my clients, like I'm not the best engineer in the world. Like, I, there's things that I do that I wish I could have done different. There's times when I've embarrassed myself. There's times when the things that I've heard, I think that I've done sounds terrible. Like yeah. I just don't love it. But I think when it comes to studio stuff, I'm just like a good person, like a fun person yeah, to hang dude, out with. And yeah. And be, so it's having like, a chill hang is, is half the battle. That's the bread and butter. And then for me, it's like having a space that I set up to be just a place where people want to just come and hang out. Yeah, exactly. Like I've got the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's like we we talked about this um a couple weeks ago. We we were doing the uh we did a my first studio like mm-hmm. thing and at the end of it we were like honestly most importantly is having a place that people actually want to be. Yes. Well, it's not even that. It's just having a place where people feel creative. That's what I mean. Like they want like, to be they 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 know when I go to yes. Shane's studio, I feel like i want to write music yes when i go everyone's vibe is different like jay's vibe is so much different than mine and my vibe is so much different than yours and brad's vibe at 101 is like completely different but that's just like it is like we're just different people so it's like my my studio is an extension of who i am like as a person yeah and so like it's not much to look at but it Mm -hmm. like we I do good work. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I, I just want to be the guy who's fun to hang around. Like mm-hmm. because at at that point I don't want to be misconstrued as like a jerk or like mm-hmm. someone who like has to have it his way or mm-hmm. or we're not doing it. Because for me it's like 
there's things that I don't know. I had a Dobro come in my studio, and I don't. I've never mic'd up a Dobro before. Yeah. So it's like it's actually really weird to mic up. It is, <laughs> and if you, it's one of those things that's really sensitive. Like yeah. if you put the mic here, it sounds like, totally different. Holy crap! If you put it here, it's like, what is that? Yeah. And so the guy playing it, I was like, hey man, I'm kind of in the dark here. Like, how how do you mic this thing? He's like, oh, I usually just like, I'm trying to mic it like an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Like I'm like twelfth fret in, like point point it over, like look yeah. at this. It's thing. more like a you you, you do it, it like, like a. I do it right here in this hole right here, and I'm like sick i'll put it there yeah and we we plugged it in and it works and turned it up and it sounded like a dobro and i was like sick great um yeah so it's like i think there's a stigma that like especially with guys that don't like you and me who who aren't like incredibly well known Mm -hmm. who like aren't aren't in the magazines and stuff there's a stigma that's like i have to look like i know what i'm doing like i have to act like i've done this before and it's just not true it's like you just you got to be afraid you got to be you have to not be afraid to make mistakes and like and try stuff try stuff admit the big thing is like admit when something you've done is not right mm-hmm. so like um just and, be, like, and be willing to go back and, and fix yeah, it be willing to go back and say like hey that's my bad that's my bad can we can we do one more like let me tweak this thing or like, like or like uh i you know Hey, can I have you come back in? I completely messed up this. Yeah, thing. like yeah. I've I've done that before, where it's like, hey, I didn't back this up, so like I've lost it. Like, yeah, can um, can you come back in? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not gonna charge you for it, or like, hey, the drum thing, like that I was yeah. saying earlier, like, hey, I tracked this whole song, like it's not what you want. Okay, let me do it again. Cool. Let me my, do it till you're my right. Bad. Yeah, I you want will it. get a better name for yourself mm-hmm. if you are easy to work with and you will do what it takes to make your artist happy for sure whether or not that's like what you want to do did i want to go back and retract that song no are there mixes out of mine that i think the artists have completely ruined them yes <laughs> but they're not my songs yeah it's up to them man it's their it's their art and you have to kind of think of it in that way yeah it's like this is what they want to do this is how they they love what they this is the way that they hear their music in their head for sure that's it uh dope dude um, I think we're gonna call it right there. Sick, because that's about we're at hour and a half, hour and a half, hours, something right like the, that. You can there get you me go. talking, there and I'm like go, a chainsaw. Dude. You just crank uh, me up, dude. Socials, hit them up socials. with the socials. Um, you can follow my personal page, which is Shane the Nelson. I don't post a lot of studio stuff there. If you want to see me post about drums, that's where I post it. Um, I have a website. It's for my studio. It's oh, we never even said what my studio name no, is, but it'll be in um, the description. It's but. ASAF Records. Um, A-S-A-P-H. Um, my website is asafrecordssc.com. Um, my Instagram socials, I'm, I'm really bad about yeah. socials, but if you want us to follow the studio, the Instagram is ASAF records, but records has two S's because someone already had ASAF records. <laughs> um, so at ASAF records with two S's, um, mm, all those links, to your stuff, yes, I'll, I'll I'll send them. To I'll you. link you up. Um, I got you on that. But just to direct people, yeah, and dude, tags it's and just all that kind of stuff. It's been a wild. I went. We can say this. I went full time two weeks before the shutdown. Yeah, dude. And I was like, man, uh, what do I do? But um, I know not everyone is, but I'm a believer. And I, mm-hmm. and I just knew that I worked at a Starbucks. Like, yeah, dude. I knew that this is what God wanted me to do, and he's blessed me. So, like, there you go. 
that's that's really where my um bread and butter comes from like i know that i i have this saying in my household i ain't shit mm-hmm. i came from nothing like i am a product of what god has done for me mm-hmm. so it's like there you go when i when i put myself in that lens yeah it's easy to like serve artists for sure so um yeah dude thank you so much for coming and hanging out it was awesome thanks so much for hanging out chase thanks for running the camera for us we love you uh and we will see you guys next time rock and roll and that's it for this episode of the home studio hangout podcast thank you so much for listening uh please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform leave a review it helps the show so much uh kind of get out there for new people to find Uh, if you want to watch this if you aren't already uh check us out on youtube by searching home studio hangout Uh, And thank you so much again for giving us your time and your attention.